Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Y'all knew oh, y'all are haters. Come on. Adrian, come on. I know you're feeling it. Yo, I told y'all I was going to call Adrian out on her BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> y'all, welcome oh, to episode man. four of the official yeah. Magicians After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. It is a very, very special night. As always, I am Ty Matthews. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA. As always, my lovely and talented co-host... Oh, thank you very much. My name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Twitter, Instagram, and now Snapchat at Carrie D. Lane. And I'm Samantha Benitz. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Samantha underscore Benitz. Hi, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. It's M-S-E-D-R-I-N-S-N-O-W. There you go. And as always, it is a very, very special night, but even more special than most because we have got our very first guest in studio for the magicians. Guys, y'all know him as Penny. Give it up for Mr. Arjun Gupta, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, guys? Thank you for yeah. having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you so, Thank so you much for coming, for coming in. on. Yeah. My pleasure. Uh, First of all, congratulations are in order. The big news Thank of today, you. Magicians renewed for season two. Thank you. Numero dos. Absolutely. We yeah. got so much to get into. Please. Well, let's, I mean, well, let's take it from the beginning. Okay. How did you, when you, you know, how did how did your involvement with the show come about? Were sure. you, uh, were you uh, familiar with the source material? Yeah, I wasn't, I actually didn't know about the books mm. before. Um, I had... I'd never heard of them, and then I got an appointment. I got an email from my agent saying, "Hey, they want you to go for in this pilot." Pilot, and I, I knew Sarah. You know, I'd worked with her before. I'd done a pilot with her about three years ago now, and so I was like, "Cool, I'll go in for this." And then I read the script, and I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting. This is taking a risk." And then, you know, in the process of auditioning, I found out about the source material. But I had fallen in love with the project and with the characters, so I said, "Well, I'm not going to read this right now. I'm going to wait and see." Um, wait and see if I get it because I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to get too attached and then tighten mm. up my performance mm, sure. in, mm-hmm. in in the audition process. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so so now piggybacking off of that, we are of course an after show for the TV show. Right. We haven't we haven't read the source material just yeah, yet, but that. one thing that I have been hearing is mm. that Penny is quite quite different <laughs> in the books than he is on the show. Yeah, man. People say that a lot, and uh-huh. um, I don't I don't 
completely agree. Okay. I mean, there's there's like a, there's a huge difference in the fact that you know in the books Penny is. Um, you know, he's he's more punk in that he's fit, like his appearance is more punk. He has a mohawk. He wears like a leather jacket with like studs on it, and you know that's honestly not that edgy anymore. You right. know what I mean? It's True. 2015. That was like in the 90s. That would probably <laughs> be edgy, but I think that m- this is where Magali Guidashi comes in, who's our brilliant, brilliant costume designer, and she, you know, in our first, and I kind of assumed that it, when I was going into the costume meetings, that it would be that. Mm. Um, kind of thing and then I went in there and she was like I mean she's this crazy artist from the south of France and she was just like I just feel like this this gypsy thing and like just like you know one button here no like vest scarf and I was like what is happening (laughs) but like when she was talking about gypsies and when I started looking into it it made a lot of sense you know there's like a there's a fluidity there's like this nomadic style and there's this um, the, the the essence of Penny to me is this rejection of authority Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And you get mm-hmm. from the books, and I think that you know I wanted to honor that and honor Penny's essence in that you know he just he didn't trust a lot of people in the books, and so I just wanted to flesh out where that came from, and it it you know, and that's what we have on the show. Lev Lev actually, and I'm gonna call him out because I love Lev, and we have like we have great time together. Uh-huh. But he he told me very honestly that I was one of the people that he fought against casting because he was like I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't get it. Interesting. Um, okay. And then I, um, I didn't know that when I shot the pilot because that uh. would that would made me cry probably. You know? But <laughs> after after I did it, you know, he sent me a tweet where he was like, "He, I really like what you're doing," and that's been that's been a huge blessing to me to have his support mm-hmm. throughout this whole experience. Sure. And yeah, you talked about the the rejection of authority with Penny and everything. Right. And mm-hmm. one of the most interesting character traits that we see is that he's coming to break bills to fix what right. he thinks is kind of wrong with him so to speak yeah. whereas other people are trying to hone their skills yeah I mean I, I love that we you know we address that there's consequences to magic mm-hmm. and that there's not always you know this this um, rainbows and heavenly sort of situation that mm-hmm. you fall into and I, I think that you know with Penny and with Alice you really see that there's a reluctance around this and that mm-hmm. there's like uh, and then so you know and in episode three when you know I and I'm going to switch between I and Penny I apologize no, no, no. <laughs> um, when I find out that I'm a traveler also it's like oh shit mm. fuck Right. Uh, I'm quoting. I was quoting what I said in the script. Not his. For the record, I, I, I mean it's that's very not me. <laughs> so, what um, attracts you most to the character Penny? Um, well, f- as an actor, what attracted me most was the risk, you know, and and the challenge. I think it was a huge stretch for me um, to like honor someone that was this dark and someone who came from a, a space that like not trusting anyone and being. Um, I, I just really wanted that to come from a true place, and that's a stretch, you know, because I'm fortunate that I do come from a very loving family, and like mm-hmm. a, I've had a really amazing, uh, you know, upbringing, and been very fortunate in a lot of ways. And Penny is the antithesis of that, mm-hmm. um, and it manifests in a lot of the ways that you see. And I think it manifests, especially being placed in this environment of privilege, which is break bills, which mm-hmm. is, like, it's Ivy League, co- like it's mm-hmm. Ivy covered walls, mm-hmm. and like 
everyone feels like they came from money and whether they did or not that's what they feel like and mm-hmm. so Penny's in this experience where he, he, he ends up acting out a lot um, so it was really exciting and fun but I think like it's what what's one of the most fun parts to play is that he's he's so unapologetic for the way he feels mm-hmm. and the way he makes other people feel mm-hmm. which is so fun because I don't know how often do you get to really do that in life yeah. mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. Quentin even addresses that finally in this episode he mentions <laughs> yeah. why he doesn't really like you so much I mean, or Penny yeah, I should but, say I mean are we going to take Quentin's opinion at all? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. or Quentin <laughs> <laughs> so what do you dislike about your character or what do you not identify with um you know, I can't. I, I don't know that there's anything that I could say to that because I think that my job is to 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 find the way to identify with all of it, mm-hmm. right? And and find the ways to because um, as soon as as soon as judgment comes in and I start disliking or start saying you know he's a horrible person or anything like that, I don't. I can't honor the truth of that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my job to really like be aware of his flaws, but not you know judge him for mm-hmm. it or or you know fall into that trap, right? Now, we, we got a lot of conceptually really, really big stuff, really interesting stuff in this episode. What'd y'all think? Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, actually, we were speaking a little bit beforehand, and we were informed of how much of it, some of it was practical effects and set decorating. Mm-hmm. And if you would want to add to that, there's that one shot in particular with Quentin. Yeah, I mean, that's just a real scorpion. That was a real scorpion. Is that the one you're talking about? That part, and no. then the um, chamber. The, the light yes. chamber. Oh, right. Yeah, I gotta show love to Ellie Smoking, our, our DP, our director of photography. Amazing guy who's young. Just He's gonna be taking over the world soon. But he um, he built that rig, the rig where, when um, when Quentin's in that cage of light. Mm-hmm. That's not visual effects at all. I think the chessboard is visual effects, obviously, mm-hmm. but the light the lighting rig like he built that with Bill Cassis yeah, and Gary so Brooke cool. the, you know his his you know his whole team and it, it's mm. beautiful yeah and do you guys cool. ever look back at the end of the episode and just say wow after they add all the special effects in just to see the whole thing kind of oh show? yeah I mean the, it's I mean we say wow every day when we right. finish a day just because mm. like we, we see how much work that everyone's going in there and you know I'm going to say this a bunch throughout this hour, I'm sure, but I just want to, like, the crew that we had there in Vancouver, I mean, the crew we had in New Orleans was amazing, but, you know, I spent so much time with those, with those, with those guys up in Vancouver, and they are, they are top notch, and I I have Mm -hmm. so much love for them, they were, you know, they were such collaborators from the jump, and so we, we knew every day was special, Mm -hmm. and then, um, and then to add on, you know, the bells and whistles that come with, like, visual effects and all that sort of stuff is really, yeah, it's, it's exciting. That's so awesome. Nice. Yeah, definitely. So we saw, I mean, obviously a lot of big, big themes in terms of, in terms of magic going on across, uh-huh. you know, across the whole, the whole mm-hmm. arc of the show. One of the things that I'm interested, you know, what, what you guys think, especially what you think is it almost seems, and there's a, a very, very strong line that Quentin says near the end of this episode that really, really hit me. And he says, I don't need to be taught what it, what magic is or isn't. I need to be taught magic so that I can decide what it is or isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Do we think that there's some religious allegory going on here? Hmm. Some symbolism here? Potentially. I mm-hmm. think that's just kind of like a view for life in general. Sure. No matter what, you just, just kind of want to be open. In terms, of, in terms of magic as religion, in terms of, of being taught not necessarily how to think about it, but being taught what it is so that you can decide what to think about it on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can, like, that's easy to apply that to a religious concept. Mm. It's, you know, that's yeah. kind of, I think, a, a, a general thinking is, like, what is your religion for you? What sure. Is this? And if you think of magic as, like, I know my mom was, like, Harry Potter is the devil because it was, like, <laughs> witchcraft. If mm. you think of it in that way, then, then yeah, it is going to 
that magic is their religion, you know. So, right, and there's about. definitely there's there's got to be characters mm-hmm. that that you know that worship that worship magic that kind of use it as their quote unquote religion that thinks it's this problem solver, you know. Well, yeah, Julian. Sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, Julian yeah. the Hedge witches potentially. <laughs> well, the other problem is with Quentin not knowing magic the right way. Mm-hmm. It's like everything gets screwed up. Right. So it's more also, I just need to know how to use it properly so I don't mess things up. Because he knows things go wrong. Sure. So he wants to know, okay, I know what it is. Just mm-hmm. tell me, like, how I can use it. Because then he can, yeah, use it for good or bad reasons. Right, definitely. So on a basic level. But, yeah, the religion mm-hmm. metaphor, yeah, maybe. I felt like this I, was I, a good episode. Like, I go with you, I'm like, Not sold. Yeah. All right, just me. Cool. <laughs> I felt like this was a good episode for Quentin, especially uh-huh. because he's starting to hone his powers, sure. especially put in this circumstance. And then he summons Penny at one point using the Taylor Swift song, which I thought was a great little you know, throwback to last week that we enjoyed. <laughs> but nonetheless, it made me wonder, is this showing more of Penny's powers or is this showing more of Quentin's powers? Mm-hmm. Just I'm not sure with the whole summoning with music right, or definitely. with thoughts, but... Nonetheless, that's your abilities. Or is it just how much Penny hates? Yeah. Okay. That's the truth. It is a beacon of annoyance out there. You're just like, where is it? I need to stop it now. Now we saw we saw a lot from Penny in this episode. One thing I wanted to ask you about is playing these kind of two sides of Penny. Playing playing the real Penny and playing this sort of projection that that Quentin sort of manifested. What was that like? Oh man, it was uh I was so excited when I got the script. Mm. And actually, you know, John McNamara handled this, I thought, and Sarah as well, handled this so, so beautifully for me. Um, You know, I'm very racially conscious, very racially Mm -hmm. political as well. Mm -hmm. And so there was, when I, when John emailed, he actually emailed me and he said, hey, listen, I want to do this idea and I want, you know, I want Penny to be really stereotypical. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but I want to know, like, I, I don't know that much about the culture. Can, you know, can you share with me some, like, some scripts or some movies that I should watch and I was like I mean if you want this dude to be really stereotypical I think your ignorance really serves you in this person yeah. right yeah and he ended up he loved that line and he so and he did and he leaned into it but it, you know for me you know having that stereotype be present then to be able to like comment on it and then flip it up on its head mm-hmm. by like having real penny come in there and address what what is like the inherent racism of that moment was yeah. uh, that was awesome it was a lot of fun. Right. I mean, it was a lot of fun to do. And, you know, this was before we... I got this script before we started filming. And so, like, mm-hmm. every script... I mean, I say, though, I dropped the F-bomb, like, every scene. Like, Penny, he curses a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I just assumed that we were going to... Because on Jackie, we would... You know, we were on Showtime, though, so we could say we could say everything. Sure. And then we would always record, mm. like, TV safe lines for when they would air it on, like, the airplanes or CBS or anything like mm. that. And so I just assumed we were going to do that and not ever say them. And then so I, I, you know, I told that to John. He's like, no, no, no. No, you're going to say that whole line. And he's like, I really want you. I mean, I want you to take your time with that really really take it yeah. really enjoy that and I was like oh okay so he, uh, you know the intention the, the heart was in the right place with that whole storyline sure yeah when you first appeared uh, in the in the spell with that accent yeah. my whole body was like Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, I really hope this is a spell. I hope, like, right. I just really can't handle that. Right. Yeah, it was like, what so to is have going... you come later and right. comment on it. it? It was just kind of refreshing to see because you don't 
often get that opportunity as an actor of color right. to yes, be yes. faced with your own stereotype Absolutely. and then be able to comment on oh, it. Oh, I as know. Well. To literally, mm. Yeah, to literally yeah. come come in conference, like, come <laughs> face to face with like what this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I make this comment a lot. I mean, when I talk about you know, I a lot of the South Asian men that have been stereotyped you know throughout media have been very emasculated men so Mm -hmm. it was very exciting to one be penny where i get to be someone who's quite opposite Mm -hmm. of emasculated Mm -hmm. um and then to like confront that person that is you know so beaten down and um and then it was just like a fun exercise like as an actor to like okay how do i honor this guy and make him as real as possible because i only wanted one moment to be slightly cartoony and that was like the chicken curry moment because i really wanted that contrast to be like very apparent and just yeah that look on on real penny's face when he hears that line (laughs) is such a good yeah such an awesome awesome moment in the show i want to talk about practically how Mm -hmm. how you guys went about shooting Mm -hmm. those scenes oh yeah that was um man i was that was a trip i'd never done anything like that um but it would literally be that you know they would have the camera one angle um so i would be sitting there doing the broom in my orderly outfit and i would like be singing the taylor swift thing (laughs) and then um and then they would cut when they were happy with that. Then I would run and, like, change into the other Penny's outfit, like, just offset, <laughs> and then come back in. And then, like, we would stay in that same angle and shoot that other part. And that's how they were able to with VisFX. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It I took a long it, yeah. time, but, it, like, J- yeah. uh, you know, uh, Jamie Conway, who um, who's our director, was, was brilliant. He knew what to do, and he was he was great. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, just, yeah, the visual effects going on in the show, as we saw, especially Mm -hmm. in this episode, Mm -hmm. you know, whether, I mean, and and you guys have said that you try to use practical effects as often as possible. Yeah. But whether, you know, whether that's the case or not, it always ends up looking amazing. Yeah. Um, Now, in terms of... you know, I want to talk about the the rest Man, of the. I want to hear what you all think about the episode, though. Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> I, that's what I wanted to, to ask about. Yeah, yeah especially in terms of Marina. You know, we saw a lot of Marina, and mm-hmm. we saw her kind of mm. ascend to this new level of like villainy. Mm-hmm. Like we saw that that moment of her burning the X's on on Julia's tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we where do we think she's going? I mean, we haven't. Another thing is that we've we've heard a lot of talk about the Beast. We haven't seen the beast since episode one. Mm-hmm. So what do we think about about Marina kind of being like this new big bad? Well, well I think she's just in over her head. I think she... Mm-hmm. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, so... After unlocking all of those memories that were locked away? But she didn't awesome. graduate, though. So, I no. mean, there might have been more. Um, no, I'm just she... saying, like, in terms of, of what she thinks she can handle. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah, just, yeah. It's awesome that she was able to to pull one over on Julia and get what she wanted and get her her magic back, but it's gonna shoot her in the foot. And you know she's a kid, so yeah. she's mm. got some bad <laughs> intentions. That yeah. Marina girl, of course. And you can tell even with her yeah. spell today, she took down the entire fortress or whatever the safety. Oh, the wards, yeah, yeah, exactly to protect the entire break bills. So if she has that type of power. Then I feel like the beast may come in at a later date mm. if people can just throw out spells like that. Well, and it, well, well that she, was planning. That wasn't a spell, though. Yeah, she manipulated the yeah. dean into the dropping de- those. Yeah, she didn't actually mm-hmm. make the walls come down. Um, it was just the dean dropping Well, nonetheless, them. the fact that Even she can then, do she that... She powers yeah. of manipulation. Yes, well, right which, now which put. could be Which mm-hmm. could be even, yes. even more powerful than any of these spells, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she's kind of annoying, though. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then I was like, man, I bet she's some gr- disgruntled student who got kicked out. And then she's like, yeah, I got kicked out right before graduating. I'm like, I knew yeah, it. You I knew it. it. Ah. Um, so yeah, I felt that was kind of like, oh, man, you're just a whiny little kid. I do agree totally in overhead of what mm-hmm. she thinks she can do. Like, it's just going to be too much that she won't be able to handle yeah. it. 
And I do think her powers of manipulation are really what's her strongest suit, is mm-hmm. getting people to do things for her or causing chain reactions to get what she wants. So she's yeah. not actually directly doing certain things, but she is a domino effect. Right. Yeah. And she even has control over Katie in some regard, which is Penny's girlfriend in the show. Mm. So I feel like that's going to come into play a little I bit later I don't think anymore, well. though. I don't know. Yeah, she right? spanked her on the butt, and I mean, yeah, Katie. There's a lot did. of spanking in this episode. <laughs> so you got to do to have power. <laughs> That's you know all you got to yeah. do. Multiple ass smackings in this episode. I'm right? just saying. Uh, I mean, true words have never been spoken. <laughs> right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Spank me on the ass. All right. Nonetheless, no, no. yeah, she does go to the dean and kind of say what she did, but. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's interesting to me that she was a part of the whole thing in the first place. Yeah, I keep going back yeah, and forth I on know why. allegiances. Mm-hmm. Well, she, well, Marina talks about how she has something over on her mm-hmm. and that yeah. she can't speak. And I just want to say that my whole theory about leather being the thing that bad people wear is was sure? confirmed uh, sure. today. You know? Because Marina and Julia both came up in leather. And I was like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> bad, do, do you know any of that info for from a wardrobe perspective? No, but I'm not that. We have a theory. I'm a, I'm a, she's in Miami right now. I'm going to holler at her and I say, mean, yo. I've never been proven wrong on that. Yeah, it's you, so far you, you been true. Yeah. So the Beast may be wearing a little bit of leather later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he might be a little bit classier. Yeah. <laughs> He's in right, his suit. Right, right. Yeah. Um, now, where no, has, in, in terms of the Hedge Witches and Marina kind of gaining this new level of power, where is Pete in all of this? I, that's what I was kind of wondering oh, about. Wow. What's did did he just kind of disappear? Mm. Or, um, yeah, he wasn't around because he's the one that sort of obviously introduced Julia to all mm-hmm. of this with the hedge witches. So I'm wondering where he stands in all this. He's working on bigger, badder plans. Do you think behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. Well, there was or something like that. Something <laughs> I saw on I don't want to tell. Well, there was something I saw on IMDb that made me go, "Huh? Okay." Oh, because is it semi spoilery? It's a little, but his name wasn't Pete. No, on IMDb oh. on the first episode, and I was like, "Interesting." Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, does he have it? Uh, it's not, Pete in the. It's Pete <laughs> in the episode. I, it is in the episode, but it wasn't right. on IMDb. Like they listed it is, as something else. Is it someone else's related to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. So, I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Oh no, that's interesting. But yeah, I just when I was going through, we'll be sure. like, I have to be add one correction. <laughs> <laughs> it's already gone. They already changed it. Maybe it was a typo. Yeah, I'm like, IMDb I printed it out. Typos. It says Pete. <laughs> yeah, but I just it, I could be wrong. Uh, I don't recall. No, Maybe it's just, but there like was a, there was like a weird thing where I was hmm. like, oh, okay, well, sure. Why do they have him listed as this? But hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I love I love the kind of the structure of this episode how so much of it takes place in this hallucination I mean I guess you could call it a hallucination but inside yeah. the spell that Quentin's manifested and I love that he calls it out immediately he knows it's not real mm-hmm. he knows like alright obviously this is a combination of everything in my life mm-hmm. this is not real but it's that that frustration and that paranoia of still not being able to escape yeah mm-hmm. And they tried to trick him at first, I feel like. They threw in Julia. They threw in all these little things to make him get comfortable with his situation, which just shows how powerful Marina is with her manipulation powers. I mean, she's going to the nth degree. I think Julia was kind of messing up because she wanted to laugh in his face. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, then this is definitely... Can I, a spell can I jump in on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think with that, I think the the beautiful thing about this is is the theme of the power of the mind, right? Yes, right, right. Mm-hmm. and just and especially the power of our own narratives that mm-hmm. we create. Um, and I think that you know, so much of the you know, Lev's talked about this in the the, the books and and our show, and and that's, you know, it uses magic as a way of discussing other things, and, mm-hmm. and so 
you know, the book deals a lot with Quentin's depression. Mm -hmm. And so for our show, it deals with not only the depression of Quentin, but like everyone else's pain where they come from. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, it's well stated that magic comes from pain. Mm -hmm. And so at the, that was what was so poignant to me about this episode. And what I love about this episode is within the fun and all the, the, the crazy around the, the spell was that this was a guy that was so believing in his own false narrative that he was inadequate that he was like let me build a hole and let me buy into it mm -hmm. like to the point where he created a concept where he could have killed his own father like that's mm -hmm. that shows like the level of self-hatred mm -hmm. that this mm -hmm. character is dealing with mm -hmm. and like that was what was so kind of poignant about um Oh, I just realized there's a crazy foreshadowing thing, which I never <laughs> knew until just now. But, like, that's, um, I don't know, that was, like, kind of, like, the beauty of it to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he even has that line where he says, I created this whole world, right. you know, in response to thinking that I'm nothing. Right. You know, getting getting this power briefly and then realizing that, you know, I'm yeah. nothing. Yeah, because, I mean, so many of us have felt like we wanted to crawl into a hole at some point. Sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, overwhelmed, just not knowing, I mean, look these are characters that are in their mid-twenties and, and I don't know how old y'all are but like I'm someone in my late-twenties and mm. so I remember being in my mid-twenties and even at times now where I'm just like I don't what the where am I well, I'm so lost right now mm -hmm. in the world who am I who am I trying to be and that's the like that's really the core journey of all of these characters yeah mm -hmm. he even goes further and talks about how exhausting it is yeah. to make that oh, world yeah. so, so tired, yeah. just mm -hmm. the, how depression could be exhausting Absolutely. for people of having to keep those things that you're dealing with going and like having to keep work that mm -hmm. all out i was gonna say i loved how the episode provided a different opportunity for all the actors to do something a little different mm -hmm. yeah. so like let's spice it up and see them and so it's nice to see them outside of the shells yeah. that we've mm -hmm. seen them Especially in not that they're the, in like little bubbles but it was more variety of like oh my goodness like so and so's a little more crazy the, and the the more way, fun the way that alice is in this oh yeah she's this so like animated yeah. i know that was great her and elliot were hilarious to me right. in the oh opening gosh. scene. I was liking them <laughs> both. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you. So I read on Rotten Tomatoes that to prep for your role in Nurse Jackie, you spent five hours in the emergency Ten. room? Okay, well, sorry. Mm. Rotten Tomatoes? No. Ten. Yeah. Nonetheless, at Bellevue Hospital in New York City. Yeah. So did you do any sort of crazy preparation for this role? Um, not in that same way. Okay. Um, we had, yeah, because... I couldn't find a magician that would, <laughs> would take me. Do no, a little finger tutting for you. <laughs> you haven't gone to we, Magic Castle yet? No, we, I, no actually, we did one. We, oh, we did, did go to the Magic oh, that's Castle. Awesome. That was really fun too. And we actually had a magician that came on set to like the, teach um, the six of us just like a couple tricks to, to feel what it would be like mm. to. Um, to <laughs> we had a lot of fun at bars after that. Awesome. <laughs> um, oh man, where did I take that that, that story? <laughs> um, you were asking me about the prep, the prep work. Uh -huh, prep for, the, the, uh -huh. for me, the prep work was more about the emotional context of this mm -hmm. guy and like mm -hmm. really, really crafting as detailed and specific a backstory for where this guy came from, getting on the same page with John and Sarah about, you know, are we all on the same line, where this guy's coming from, mm -hmm. um, and then just trying to like tap into that mindset. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that my theater company that I run, we do weekly workshops with, um, with homeless youth mm -hmm. in my friend's place out in Hollywood. And so... You know, Penny, someone that lived on his own for a long time, and so having the the experience of working with those that kind of community 
was able to I was able to take some insights that I was able to apply mm. um, but that was more fortuitous than it was planned hmm. nice and he's also Stella Adler trained so I was going to ask you did you utilize any of those techniques for your role at all yeah I mean I use a lot of, I utilize all the techniques I mean as an Adler I was in you know experimental theater wing which was a Grotowski based you know mm-hmm. method and then I was also in um, you know I've, I've worked with Meisner teachers in the past as well and so I, I man it's all a tool you, you have yeah. a big toolbox and then you take whatever tool is going to help you work for this yep. situation so sometimes it's an Adler thing sometimes it's a Grodowski thing um, there's an episode much later down episode 11 where I had to do a lot of lot of like physical Grotowski based stuff to help hmm. me tap into what I needed to do mm-hmm. um, I'll come back on for that one yeah, how, I, yeah, yeah. go for it I was going to say physicality wise though how was some of the stunt you, there was some kind of stunt work in this of having to throw Quentin against the wall. How was okay. the, how was that in the episode? Uh, I mean, honestly, that was just me and Quentin, me and Jason, just like throwing <laughs> each other, like pushing each other into walls. Um, it was fun. I mean, you know, it's a, I got a lot of love for the cast I get to work with. We all are very game to like jump in and do stuff, and we use stunts as little as possible. And actually, Dan Shea, who. I don't know if you're listening, but I hope you are. <laughs> um, but I would I would argue with him so much. There were a couple stunts that he, he wouldn't let me do that. I was like, dude, let me do it. Like, like, what? Audition, like I can't, what? I can't, I can't tease you on uh, that. But there's like some falling stuff, and like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I spoiled it like, without. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, fair um, enough. But yeah, I mean, so we we've gotten to we do things. I mean, that's just the way we are. I mean, a lot of us came up in the theater, and so a lot of us mm. like it to be as real as possible. Mm. So when Quentin's being launched like fifty feet in the first few episodes, <laughs> what's going on a, there? That was a stunt. <laughs> they did. That was not something that was allowed to happen. We talk, we do talk about how that becomes kind of this running gag of like yeah. just getting it. Does, it does get yeah. It's, yeah, he I got think, hit. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. he didn't get launched, but well, against a wall, right. not as far. <laughs> the wall stopped him. He, yeah, exactly. The I think was it the whole point was that he would get hit and or like something bad would happen to him physically in every single episode. Right, yeah. right. Sure. Exactly. So far, yes, it has been true right? so far. Now we talked about yep. we talked about the physicality. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, exhaustion being tired yes. before. So we cannot skip over the song that we came in with, the big old dancing. We're talking a little bit about it before we yeah. went on the air. Let's talk about how the this huge dance number and the, kind of the shooting of that, and how I'm sure that got exhausted. That was all. That was all John McNamara's twisted brain. Let's <laughs> make this a musical scene. But I, I, you know, a brilliant way of like seamlessly integrating a, like a choreographed dance number yeah. into a, an episode without it right? feeling at hmm. all. That's not a musical episode. No, it's not a musical episode. Like. So isn't Jason Ralph a, a musical theater He's background a musical theater actor? Guy. Yeah, yeah, he was so. in Peter and the Starcatcher mm-hmm. on Broadway, mm-hmm. and so he. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was intense. I mean, it was still an intense experience. Um, <laughs> I mean, they recorded they recorded it um, at a studio before, so we'd have playback, and then they did dance rehearsal stuff. That like, I mean, the cast worked their their butts off to mm-hmm. make it as right as possible. And then um, again, Jamie with his plan, he knew exactly what pieces of what he wanted, so mm-hmm. it made filming a lot easier than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> It was weeks of Taylor Swift and I. How was hard was weeks. it? How hard was it not to laugh? Because um, some of the expressions and body postures Quentin does. Is I know. Just, I'm like I've never seen oh, him so, so joyous. funny. Right. Um, <laughs> and I like mean, it just looks so much fun. How could he not smile? It was. <laughs> it was. I think I don't know. I mean, I just I was really dropped into like the the penny of the annoyance <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, that it was. I mean, and that's the funny thing about. You know, we're we're the six of us are so close, and actually everyone is cast on this. Everyone and, and the crew especially were so close, and so for a long time, um, I had to separate myself from the cast when I was on mm. set because Penny 
you know doesn't trust anybody and has such hatred for everyone else that like it was really it would have been really hard for me to like joke and joke like between takes yeah. and then like jump back in the set and be like I hate you or let me throw you <laughs> against the wall <laughs> and let that be real so mm-hmm. um, I would kind of I would kind of isolate a little bit during those times just to keep, stay as focused as possible um, but watching it I mean the hair flip I wish I had known that <laughs> hair flip fierce <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him after this cause yeah. Yeah. Like, too much on playback it's looking good <laughs> too much Pantene come for your next <laughs> <laughs> His hair, yeah, I was noticing that in this in this episode. Quentin's hair throughout this this season has been on point, yeah, voluminous and so healthy. I mean, you know, Jason, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, all of them though. They got nice hair on the cast. Absolutely, wondrous. <laughs> so I have another question. So I know about your podcast, The American yeah. Desis. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, it was just me and my boy Akash, who's a comedian out in New York. Um, we wanted to, we've been wanting to work on something together. And, and you know, I worked with Anna Devere Smith on, on Nurse Jackie, and she'd always mm-hmm. told me, you know, you should do something with radio. And so I was like, we were talking about stuff, and we were like, I, let's, we should do a podcast. That sounds fun. He, we were like, what's it going to be about? And we have fun time. We have a banter that's really quite fun. And, and He's a comedian, right? He's a comedian, yes. Um, and so we... And we just work really well together because we're like so diametrically opposed in so many interesting ways. Like very yin to yang, you know. He's very black and white. I'm spaces of gray. He's, mm. you know, ludicrous, and I'm less ludicrous. And um, <laughs> so we just, but we wanted, to, we ended up deciding that we wanted the show to focus on what we talk about a lot, which is our identity and mm-hmm, like being mm-hmm. first generation mm-hmm. South Asians here and immigrants here, and and really what it is about when it started a couple years ago was just being in our mid-20s and like again that conversation of who are we who do we want to be in the world like what kind of man and do we like you Mm -hmm. know man adult do we want to be less gendered than that um, so that's where it's started. We do we we interview people of South Asian descent and mm. actually people of immigrants of all kinds. We just want to paint the tapestry of what it means to be South Asian in this country today. It's mm-hmm. fun. We have a fun time. Man. Yeah, I love it's that. a good show. The we do not do as much prep work as y'all do. <laughs> <laughs> I that. I was like, but it oh. sounds like a natural conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Right. It's very much about conversation. And I love the, the title of the first episode of For Us by Us. I was yeah. like, oh, nice. Fubu. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's like that's nice. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little dynamic that you guys have going because it's definitely. Yeah that of him like being like a lot of high energy and you kind of being more chill so. yeah that's yeah that's a good way <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got you know? nothing to respond you know? that's just real, that's and, real. Yeah, and, and we talked about earlier you know this you playing this version of Penny that's very stereotypical and stuff yeah. like that did you ha- have you had to play roles like that before that you that you drew upon for this um, I've not mm. um, I don't think I would mm. Mm. Um, mm. you know my policy about that is to I don't I'm not I, I have this conversation with other actors a lot about mm-hmm. whether to, to ignore auditions and disregard auditions or to go in for them and I, I you know I remember when I went in for the pilot of Big Bang Theory um, and I haven't seen the show so I'm sure the characters changed and maybe it's more nuanced than it was but when I read the pilot mm-hmm. I was I was quite offended uh, maybe Interesting. Yeah. I was quite offended by just like the you yeah. know again it was another beta male emasculated I mean there was like a panty sniffing joke if I remember mm-hmm. the sure. thing that I was yeah. like I just so for mm-hmm. me I had to figure out a way like do I just not do this and like miss out and this was like when was this 10 years ago I was I mean yeah. I was broke and like working day jobs in New York like I really wasn't in a position to start turning down auditions yeah. but you know how do you marry that with your like with your ethical compass mm. and so for me it was how do I shift this character to something that I can believe in so I made him really innocent and like in a way that like 
it was less about like ooh panties and it was like whoa what is this like I don't really know because I've been really sheltered and, uh, and it was hmm. my attitude that like great if they go with that then cool then they're open to shifting things and being more nuanced and we can have something a dialogue that works if not then then peace out yeah. but every role that I've actually gotten except for one where I was actually playing an Indian in India um, has been non-South Asian to begin with and mm. then turned um, South Asian once I got it. Yeah. There, I, I think with the... I mean, Big Bang Theory has kind of offended nerd cultural culture across the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say, not just like, his character. There's plenty culture, of characters and races, references yeah. that are like... Overall, yeah. just like... Overall, just like the whole idea of like how they treat race, how they treat... Um, People who are into things that are are considered subculture has just mm. been incredibly offensive. I don't watch it because I don't want to be offended. But okay. um, well, I, I want to say something about nerd culture real quick that I didn't know as much about because I went to mm-hmm. Comic Con, man. And I don't even know if Comic Con is considered nerd culture. That is, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. it's nerd, but it's getting bigger. Mean it's a little more mainstream it's now. Becoming more mainstream All I know now. is that that space was one of the most diverse. Spaces oh, yeah. I'd been to, period. And I was like, wow, we've been defining these, these, we, you know, we have these definitions, we have these stereotypes yeah. for this community that are just so false. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I um, was always a part of, of nerd culture because it was the most accepting group in high school and, mm-hmm. and middle school where the people that who felt like outsiders would go if you, if you don't, because talking how I talk growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, going to a predominantly black school. I got a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and feeling like, okay, well, I can't connect with my own race because mm-hmm. I don't sound this stereotype of a certain way that we're supposed mm. to sound, apparently. Um, it was nice to be able to step into a culture that was like, well, I feel like an outsider and I don't feel like accepted. Right. And I was like, well, cool. Let's talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and let's talk about this. And and so that kind of idea of acceptance uh, has always been nice. It is changing as it becomes more mainstream and mm. there is kind of like dynamic shifts happening especially like for women versus men in terms of nerd culture but um overall there's something i want to touch on about um oh about just racial identity and acting in terms of like i've had that moment too where my agent wanted me to go do like i called it a negro spiritual because Mm -hmm. it was like this whole touring show and I was like, you know, this just isn't where i want my career to go and i completely respect people who want to do um that do from Atlanta's stuff. Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry. I completely respect <laughs> it. Uh, I, I intentionally blink his name out sometimes. Um, uh, power to you, but I'm not going to do it. It's not right. for me, and I respect it and where it lands in the community, but I can't do it. So I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Just like, okay, but I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of stereotypes, I read this interview on India.com mm-hmm. where you said being a sexualized Indian man and the magicians when they are so often desexualized is thrilling. You yeah. added, I get to play a character that's different than what we normally see from our community and I'm really excited to do it. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, did you love your levitating sexy knife? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think racial politics really slipped into my mind during On other things. No, but going back to that, I mean, I... I but nonetheless, I was, I, you know, I was 22 when I started working on Jackie, and mm-hmm. um, I remember we we were doing our first photo shoot, and 
uh, I'd never done a sex scene before on on TV and or in film or even on theater really. I mean, like I was I was not a part. Of it. And then I remember Liz Brixius was like, "Yeah, man, we brought you in to bang our hot doctor." And I was like, "What's <laughs> happening?" And I was like, it was like a reflection <laughs> of me and my racial identity that I hadn't seen before. Right. And that was a, a huge moment to be like reflected back, like because it was something I knew. But it wasn't something that I had seen outside. So right. it was a really powerful and beautiful moment. And, I mean, for me, that's, like, something that I want to... I mean, we, the power of reflection mm-hmm. when people are forming their identity is is massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to fragment and be a part of fragmenting what it means to be a South Asian man and, like, mm-hmm. what that will mean for young South Asian men who are, like, growing up and, like, sitting there. I mean, one of my closest friends, Carlton Bird, who um, also part of the theater company, he was telling me about when he was a kid and he was, like, you know... I, can I be a superhero? Because mm. like all the superheroes he saw mm. were white, mm. and he's a little—he's a black kid from Fort Myers, and he was like, I, "Can I? Can I be this?" And so for him now, he's like wants to make children's shows for like young kids so that they know that they can be anything. Right. Um, and the power of that is so beautiful. Now you asked me uh, about levitating sex, and I made it about <laughs> no, I like it. So though. Um, let me go back to levitating sex. <laughs> it was fun. It I mean, it was. It sex. was. I mean, what else in life? Sci-fi does? likes it because they did it on another show. We too. did it first, for the record. <laughs> I want uh, expanse. Let's just. Like, um, we did that. We did that first. Just so you know. Let's be real. The OG levitating sex already over. So that was an earlier episode. We filmed it first, but they aired it first. Yeah. I think maybe I might yeah. actually be wrong. It's not a who did it first, a who did it better. There you go. Uh, and I, I will leave it up to y'all. <laughs> I will leave it up to y'all to tell me about how, that. Now that was an example of practical yeah. and special effects. Right. How was that filming? That particular scene being not where, was it wire work? What was right. used? They actually they so they took me in and they did a, a out in New Orleans like the first week that I was there before we started filming that back in November of 2014. They they brought me out to special effects spectrum effects spectrum effects. Shout out to y'all. They um they did a live plaster of my entire back and neck and oh. like from that plaster, which was kind of a terrifying experience. Mm. They um built a metal like plate is guess of the word it was like form fitted to me custom built to me mm-hmm. and then they had like okay. a lever attached to, lever attached to it then like two guys like pulled me up wow. oh wow so it was like a, <laughs> a like a custom seesaw <laughs> in yes. so i would be there and then you know jade who plays katie was on top of me and then we were and and it was mike cahill who directed our pilot brilliantly and is uh, an amazing human being he was very specific with what he wanted he was very clear with what he wanted mm-hmm. so it, it became very choreographed it was a dance um hmm. Uh, so yes, I just love that love it was it. practical effects. You know, I mean, yay! Go sci-fi, yes. keep it, it up. Good. We you love know, you know. It's cause practical effects are awesome. Exactly, they just look. I mean, overall, they just look better. You sure. don't feel like you're like looking for for the you know the blue screen or yeah, like yeah, exactly. Well, I was at, back to when you had the hospital scene where you looked at yourself. I mm-hmm. I loved how it looked very seamless. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that green screen like oh, there's a second layer there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I totally agree. The practical effects it's so much better when you build a show or a film where the practical effects are the base and mm-hmm. the special effects just kind of are the polish right. to smooth out exactly. the lines. Mm-hmm. And then that makes it the most believable because then there is a real thing there. You know, instead well, of just completely. But not that that's bad but I think it's better when there's some base in practical. Well, Fuse of uh, our, our Viz effects up in Vancouver, Fuse effects. I'm just going to keep shouting out everybody. <laughs> yeah. Do it, do they, it. Um, they, uh, they actually said the exact same thing. I mean, mm. for example, the scorpion, the gold scorpion that was mm-hmm. on his mouth, that was a real gold scorpion that the mm-hmm. props guys, I mean, got to give prop, mad love to mm-hmm. Pat O'Brien and the props department. Seriously, props to props? Out. 
everybody. You know, um, <laughs> they they um they like had built that model of that mm-hmm. scorpion, and yes. then VisFX made it move and move uh-huh. around and crawl yeah. into his mouth, and, and that made it easier for them. Speaking of that scene, real quick, let's talk yeah. about about the you know your guys' cutting choreographer that oh, that yeah. played mm-hmm. a part in that scene. Cameo, <laughs> sure, Kevin Lee, um, mm-hmm. who who played the the professor who was like lowering the wards and basically being Dean's assistant because he can't cast spells anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our cutting choreographer. He um, had the painstaking job of like teaching us and choreographing very specifically to us. I mean, it was amazing. He was an amazing dude who mm. literally was fine. Like, because I played the violin since I was three. So okay. for oh. me, like, my left hand is just more dexterous, like, than wow. my hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so he knew to build stuff that for me that was more left hand and kind. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so for, and then with, you know, he knew that, um, Olivia really likes the bendy stuff so he would build stuff around that and Elliot was like more he liked the more grandiose shocking that hair <laughs> <laughs> he liked the more grandiose stuff so that was like that so he built it around towards us and it was nice. it was it was awesome that he got to be, you know be on screen there. I love it I love yeah. that element well y'all we're getting into the home stretch so let's talk about right. the end of this episode right. let's talk about Julia being completely cut off now can I talk mm-hmm. about the clapback that Julia did I mean that was some serious I'm sorry but like the what? setting clap back the clap back <laughs> do you want me to break down what a clap back please is? do um <laughs> so it's educational so a clap back where it's like I, don't, I can't do this for you know it's like a, if somebody's talking crap to you and you like you clap back it's like Got a, it. it's that because Quentin was talking shit uh, last week yeah, sure, her sure. spell is the clap back it's like I well see. I got you bitch uh, so I guess uh, uh, I love it um, <laughs> what, unanimous I don't know if I broke that down learn something new I got it but uh, I just thought it was it was <laughs> once I realized that it was her doing it mm-hmm. I thought that that was a brilliant thing I also uh. thought that Okay, she's in too deep. So I'm curious yes. sure. now that she's been kind of abandoned. She's been yeah, completely. She's there. And Marina, Marina says you thought you were cut off before from break bills. Yeah. You don't even know cut off. So how yeah. do we think she's going to cope with that? I mean, we saw how she coped with being cut off from break bills. Mm-hmm. This is going to be ten times yeah, worse. Yeah, she it looked like. like she was in destitute over there. You know? Wonder yeah. what she's going to do. Maybe she- Penny's going to help her. She still has her memories though, so it's not that same like <laughs> right. abandonment issue of like things are missing, like right. her like need for that. Right. I-, I think she'll figure out another way to find someone or something else. Mm. Maybe not necessarily break bills, but somebody else there, some connection. She has learned a few things so far yeah. too from the hedge witches, so sure. maybe she'll utilize that and she just I'm keeps making bad decisions. Yeah, you know? she's not looking good. Now. Well, y'all, it's about that time. It's my favorite time of the show. Oh. Let's get into some predictions. Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> I watched this last week, and then I was I like, I need Whoa. to come up with a little spell of my own. To yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's what's, yeah. Where's the finger <laughs> cutting, man? That's your <laughs> shit. You gotta teach us. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have. <laughs> Uh, let's start with Adrian. Oh, what do you think? Okay, well, I think now that Julia is out there in the world by herself, um, it's a perfect opportunity for somebody like the Beast to come in and swoop her up. Mm. If that were going to be a thing, um, I think that would be, if I were the Beast, that's what I would do. I mean, yeah. Especially if I want to get to Quentin. That mm-hmm. would be my first choice. Sure. Um, I think Quentin... Uh, I'm curious to see what his reaction is going to be after all of this, especially knowing that Julia yeah. was the one that caused it. And right. We all know he's got a temper. 
And he gets thrown in the air a lot. So Going down. I'm excited to see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Samantha, what do you think? I agree. I think something's going to happen with Quentin. I mean, now that he knows it's Julia. But then again, I mean, the dean, she does go to the dean and tell him what's going on. So I feel like she does have a little bit of guilt on her conscience. So hopefully that will play into Quentin's decision and whether to help her or not, if mm. he does even have any knowledge that she's gone. But my inclination is that Penny's going to realize she's gone for some reason just because nobody else can sense her mind. So that's my thought on I that. See. But I don't know. I'm thinking the Beast is going to be coming back here soon oh. as well. So All I'm right. agreeing with you there. I'm. I we don't know the details of what restrictions Katie has on her, but I'm hoping she can tell them something, because I feel there needs to be a shared communication going on. Because no. there's a lot that like Breakbills doesn't know that'd be so much better if they knew like that these people what they were doing on the outside. I thought Julia told them that's why she was banished is because she went and told them what was going on, or did she just tell them the spell? I think I got um, that. more things with Katie and like what more oh. with like she's gonna jo- not be doing the back dealings. Oh, okay, like I feel she's done. Forward. She's like I'm done. See. I'm gonna stay on the one side. Like because no, she's like thinks- I didn't sign up for this. Mm. You know she was really like not okay with how serious it got. Um, yeah, I really want to see how Quentin reacts to the next one. What he's gonna do about it? I don't know. Um, Y'all are, y'all, are, uh, yeah. y'all are talking about Quentin and Julia. I think Pete's coming back. I think my man Pete's coming yeah. back. I think I think he might actually be... For some reason, I get this feeling that maybe he's kind of tired of Marina's BS. And so maybe, he, maybe he might be the one to help to help uh, Julia True. out. That's True. A good That's point. a good point. So who just knows? Marina cuts, over there. Just because Marina cuts her off doesn't mean he won't. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. thing. And just oh man, those those X's on the on the tattoo. Oh, that, that is cold blooded. Yeah, she's lined up. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. Talk they about do some messed off. up stuff to the tattoos throughout the season. Do they? Oh, yeah. more interesting. Man, well, this has been an absolute blast, Arthur. Yes. Thank you so so thank much for so coming much. on. Thank you. Why don't you tell everyone what you got coming up? How they can find you online? Um, so uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Arjun Gupta BK. Um, I I run a theater company, Ammo Theater. That's also Ammo Theater um, on Twitter and Instagram. And we are opening our first play next Thursday. Woo! It's called The Judgment of Fools out at Atwater Village for all of you L.A. residents. Check go. out AmmoTheater.com. Buy tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. And once again, season two just got oh, renewed. Yeah. So. Oh, that other thing. That <laughs> That's the rest um, of this season. And then also no big deal. season two when that comes around. Hey, thank you guys. Yeah, Appreciate it. Guys, y'all. Oh, hi, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Adrian Snow. I'm Samantha Benitz. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Samantha underscore Benitz. Hey, I'm Carrie Lane. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carrie D. Lane, and that's Carrie K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA, along with various other after shows, Monday Night Raw, Pitch Slap, Second Chance, Lucha Underground, all that good stuff. Yeah, but he told us this is his, this is his this favorite. This is my favorite. This, this is the best one. I, mean, I love all my no ones. I love this one. I love, I love magic, guys. Grew up. Love magic. Love magic. If you're on iTunes, download, rate, subscribe, five stars if you're nasty, all that good stuff. But for now, we'll Thumbs be back up. next week, same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, peace! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.